Hi, if you want a, a word today, I'll be speaking from, just slightly from um, Matthew chapter 7, um, verses um, 13 and 14. So, I was um, born and brought up in Perth, and I was brought up with my brothers and sister, my younger brother and sister, and before I moved to Helmsburg with Debbie um, back in 2004, my mother had passed away in 2011, and it was her side of the family that were believers, and it was where the kind of the seeds of their faith that kind of um, were kind of brought down on my own life. My father's side, um, my father himself, he didn't know the Lord himself, but he came to the Lord about a few weeks before he passed away, just in, back in um, 2018. But that was just a, a great time in a way when he just even hours before he had passed away, it was a great to just to be able to pray with him. And... So my mum's side of the family, they were from the, the Isle of Lewis and they I have a lot of good memories up there my summer holidays up there in Stornoway. Her fam- family are were kind of um, strong Church of Scotland members. Um, they were part of, my granddad was in the Free Church of Scotland and the, another uncle that was in the Free Presbyterian Church of Scotland and they were just really quite staunch in their ways and kind of sometimes kind of legalistic in, in their following of the, the Bible. And this was a kind of a, a nightmare on a Sunday. This was where, on a Sunday, where we weren't allowed out to go out to play, we weren't allowed to watch TV. And this, in these times on a Sunday, I really got really, really bored and these times I used to just annoy my brother, wee brother and sister. And the worst part was that I used to annoy them so much that I used to kind of twist it round and get them into, the tr- into trouble um, <laughs> with my mum and dad. So, so, so you know what, um, even as um, children, even um, nobody teaches their children to lie, but um, even to, to be kind of mean to their siblings, but... And all honestly, most kind of kids, we do that to each other sometimes. So while up in Lewis, in my holidays, I started to read the books in the house. There were books in the house that they were kind of all biblical ones. And they were ones I was maybe too young to understand and read them. But there was one book that, um, that my granddad had, and that was his Bible. And it was a time that he had his Bible, he had it with him morning and night for when he did the devotionals and swear he would, what we called the books. And he did this um, with so much devotion. And in my bedroom above the kitchen where he used to pray, I could hear sometimes in the mornings, early mornings, him having the, his prayers um, coming up. Um, my granddad was always someone of prayer, and he always told us that um, about the power of prayer. And my auntie Marion as well, in 
our, in your walk with the Lord that prayer is so important. There's a man that I heard, um, a guy called George Mueller, and he said something like this, prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance, it's laying hold of God's willingness. My granddad glowed with the presence of humbleness and I knew he got that from reading the Bible and through prayer. So before and after I attended um, in Perth was Perth Knox Free Church and it was under the ministry of David Patterson and also my Sunday school teacher was Mrs. McLennan and she also taught me at my own primary school and she kind of led the scripture union class there and so and I was so glad that my mother had taken me to 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 the church to the Sunday school and as I went along with my brother and sister and also she was a, a Sunday school teacher for for the youngsters so the influence of these people were really really invaluable to me in growing to know Jesus and there was a a children's story that David Patterson taught, and it was called Timothy String. And uh, David had a, a prop of, um, of a boy's head with a string down it. And, and he kind of told the story that was related to <coughs> Matthew 7, verses 13 and 14, about the narrow and the wide gate. And it says here, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and there are many who go by it, because narrow the gate and difficult is the way that leads to life, and a few find it. And David Patterson had this picture board, and on it you had this Timothy string going through different aspects of his life, different aspects when he had sinned. And 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 as the, the time I had gone through the board, there was knots, David Patterson tied knots on Timothy's string to represent the, his, um, to, to represent the sins that he was going through. So Timothy, at this time, he had a few knots on him. And on the storyboard, there were two gates, one narrow, which went by the way of the cross, and one wide gate. And as the story went on, Timothy knew one way was easy and the other way was hard. And he chose to go through the, the narrow gate. He understood, as, and I understood as a young child, that the narrow gate would lead me to heaven. And the broad way, the narrow gate, the, the, broad, the wide gate and the, and the broad way would lead me to destruction in hell. And Timothy String chose to go through the narrow gate and he chose to go through by the cross and Jesus, where Jesus died and shed the blood for us and he said sorry for being a sinner and repented and turning from his sins and as the head was pulled through the gate the knots representing the sin broke away and there was no more sin so all these kind of early seeds were as led to kind of my con- conversion as a young boy, and I was around about seven years old up in my granddad's house. My granddad had in the house, and in my bedroom there, there was a picture of a boy kneeling beside the bed, 
And even now, at times, when I'm in prayer at home, I'm always kneeling beside the bed in prayer. But, but one night I went on that floor on by my bed and I prayed my heart out, asking the Lord, telling him I wanted to know him, to know him like my granddad knew him. And I asked him to save me, to forgive me for my sins and come into my life. I wanted what Timothy String had. I believed Jesus died on the cross. He died on the cross for my sins. My sins past, present and future. And I cried to sleep that night in the presence of the Holy Spirit. In the matter of a single night, I woke up. The next day was something I can't describe. It was a sense of peace. And I knew, just like Shirley said, I was safe in the hands of Jesus. I was a changed, regenerated young boy and I knew I wanted to serve Jesus and I was on fire and the Holy Spirit was strong in me. I remember coming back from the island of Lewis and going back to school and I even told my, my teacher, Isabel McLennan, that I got saved and she kind of, yeah, I know. And she knew because of the way I, the way I was. So I loved attending the Sunday school in the, the early years. And, and we also did these kind of Sunday school trips. We had the bus and where we were all singing. And the older I got, and in the church and that, we were going to the manse for our youth meetings at night. And it was great to have Mr. Patterson. And he answered all the questions, all the silly questions I could, uh, to, I could give. And it was great to have fellowship with these kind of young with my um with the young 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 people at church it was great to have them as fellow believers so my mother also in perth she also took me to um to the gospel hall up in perth up in perth they had the kind of the an old wooden hut where um there were two preachers called jack hay and john campbell and they kind of preached really really strong powerful preaching and they, at each end of each kind of meeting, they would have a question and answer meeting. And every time you answered a question, they would throw you a sweet. And I was the one that likes my sweets, so I got a few sweets. So in these teen years, I used also in, in my teen years, I always had this kind of small radio. And I used to just twiddle the the tuner and I used to and I found this site called Trans World Radio. I used to look for the hear for the sound, the beep, beep, beep sound. And there was Trans World Radio but and I came across what was found was Billy Graham and it was the hour of decision. And I loved kind of listening to that kind of his kind of um, ministry and strong preaching. However, in my Later in my teen years, I drifted away from the Lord. I kind of lived that kind of prodigal life. I backslid and got in, in the way. I did lots of training and doing athletics. And I also spent a time um, as a, doing an apprenticeship for, as a decorator. And later in years, I had my own business. I still prayed to Jesus at times. And I had moments of getting right with God. And in all honesty, they were kind of... They weren't kind of heartfelt. They were, 
it kind of just dead, and I had lost the hunger for God's word and to, to hear his voice. But little did I know that God, he never let go of me. I was like the sheep who went astray, but he came searching for me in Matthew 18. But in early in my 20s, early 20s, I went through a especially difficult time that I can't get into here, but I was into drinking, I was into partying and other things that went along with that kind of lifestyle and drinking became more of a need and it came more of an addiction. I hated the grip of alcohol that it had in me. I was a real mess and I had no control over my life. But through different dif- desperate times, I used to still have this old red New Testament Gideon's Bible and in the front of that Bible, they used to have kind of guidance and helps. And these really kind of helped me in prayer and seeking help and guidance and forgiveness. In these times, I always felt the Holy Spirit, I felt his love. I heard, I love you, Peter, he would say. And I would sometimes crumble in the presence. I don't know if you have that in your own time when you're reading the word and you just have that presence of the Lord that comes over you. It's just, it's just remarkable. So he would convict me of my sin and I knew I needed to change my ways. But then I would just pull away and regress back into the old pattern of worldly ways. And this went on for a few years. But one morning I felt a tug of the Holy Spirit and it really got me. I was just like a supernatural thunderbolt I wasn't sure what was going on, but all I wanted was Jesus. I was craving him again, and I needed to get back to church. And, and I enjoyed, I went back to church, I went back to the Perth Knox Street Church, and in that time, the uh, Reverend Duncan McLeod was minister. He preached some powerful messages, powerful preaching, and they kind of had seats like this, and I used to have my hands under the seat like that, and I used to have them clinging onto the seat just to, to kind of hide to, to hide the emotion of the work of the Holy Spirit. So I drifted backwards and forward from, the, from church and Duncan always called me the prodigal son. He was so gracious towards me, but deep down I knew he was angry. He was angry because the way I was living my life and, and, and I knew, and he knew, if he approached me about these kind of matters, I would have just put back more walls and and he knew I was stubborn and proud and he kind of knew it so my late 20s my life was a roller coaster I was still in a real mess I was watching and listening to the prosperity teachings that you get on the radio and TV and this gave me a kind of a false view of the gospel I was living an example of Ephesians 4.14 where I was being tossed to and fro, carried from every wind of doctrine by trickery of men. And I was watching these kind of hyper-graced liberal teachers teaching that you can do anything sinful and you don't need to confess because they teach that you don't have any responsibility of them. And conversely, I was listening to other false teachers like the holiness movement that teach that you can 
that you should live a sinless perfection like Christ. And if you're really saved. But I was really confused. And I was really confused by these kind of mixed messages of the word. So meeting Debbie. I met Debbie back in 2002. And she became, later became my wife. We didn't have the perfect relationship with the Lord. But we had faithful Christian friends that supported us. And our, our friend and pastor at that time, Kevin Gresham, Pastor Kevin Gresham, who helped restore us after we had repented. Debbie and Kevin, they helped strengthen me out of the wrong theology. Kevin helped and guide, guided me from the grips of liberal and kind of the legalistic kind of thoughts that were coming into my teaching and into my way. And I was kind of beginning to disentangle myself from all these kind of false things. And I learned previously that I'd learned previously, but it was a, a slow, slow process. In 2005, I was listening to a website called Sermon Audio, and I found the ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church and listened to um, a Dr. Alan Cairns, who preached at Greenville in the USA, but he has since passed away now. But he preached and moved the spirit within me. I felt a stirring in my heart and to dig deeper deeper into the word of God. I would listen regularly to Dr. Dr. Cairns and through verse by verse preaching, I was beginning to understand the word of God more accurately. But I was still drawn to some of the old prosperity teachings that I had listened to in the past. But each week, the Spirit convicted me to tune out of these people and listen to preachers that were faithful to the word, teaching exegetically instead of the kind of feel-good pastors who I was beginning to realize rarely mentioned the Bible in their sermons. So the closer I walked with Jesus, the more I felt the tension and confusion fall away. Now I have a restored relationship with Christ. I'm the prodigal who came home. I returned to the Father and he embraced me with mercy and love and kindness. It's great to walk with Jesus every day. I have never turned back to that kind of prodigal life in 20 years. But now I know it's important to remain walking closely with the Lord. When you become a Christian, Jesus takes all your sins upon him and he gives you his righteousness. And as you have heard my testimony, I didn't have the perfect walk with Christ. I fell into sinful ways and I am constantly accused by the devil for my failures. But I tell you, the devil, I tell, but I tell the devil that he has that I have the righteousness of Christ in my life. So the path through the narrow gate for me is a tough journey. I had many bumps on that route and many obstacles in my Christian walk through these kind of trials and tribulations. But through that journey, the Lord has strengthened me and he has never 
left me. So I pray this testimony today that will be a blessing to you. And I hope is that if you haven't already professed faith in Christ as your Savior, you might go away and consider all that you've heard and all you and, and consider your eternal destination. The way of salvation may be narrow, but it's also liberating. And I'll finish with these last verses that I can attest to being true. In John 8, verses 31 to 32. Verses 31 to 32. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed him, those who believed he was the Messiah, if you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Okay, thank you.